God spoke to me and said, I'm going to destroy some financial yokes tonight. And some, so if you're in a financial crunch, a financial situation, maybe you've got something that's really entangled uh, tonight. Amen. The yoke of that thing. The yoke of that thing destroyed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, to, this is, I, as, as far as I know, we've been in about how many weeks? Does anybody know how many weeks? Twelve weeks, something like that. On Wednesday night, 12 weeks on teaching on prosperity on Wednesday night. And as far as I know, this is our last night on prosperity for a season. We'll come back sometime, but uh, we'll be going on to some other things. And tonight's going to be really practical, okay? We've went through all the scriptures. I'm sorry that I don't have time to review all of y'all tonight. But we've gone through all the scriptures proving that God wants you to have abundance. He wants you to have excess. He wants to prosper you for the sake of the gospel. Because he wants to promote his covenant and he wants you to be a paymaster in the kingdom of God. He wants you to finance this end time harvest. The precious fruit of the earth has to come in and he's got to have people finance it. He wants to prosper you. Amen. And there's never been a season. We live, we're living that end time. There's never been a season where it's easier to prosper. You need to hook up at the right place. Amen. Praise God. It's easy to believe here. I'll tell you that. It's, I, t I tell you what, I don't, know, I don't know all of you, but I'll just tell you, if you want to come someplace where it's easy to believe God, it's easy to believe God here. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm proof of that. Tonight, we're going to talk about debt. See, we've talked about all the scripture on, on how God wants to prosper us and so forth. Tonight, we're going to talk about debt, mortgages, and credit cards. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we're, hey, we're, we're coming out. First of all, say this. There, there is therefore, is therefore no, condemnation no condemnation for them, for them which, are in Christ Jesus. which are in Christ Jesus. You, God is not condemning you. You don't have to say that. <laughs> um, how many of you have ever made a big financial boo-boo mistake? Amen. Okay, the rest of you are liars. <laughs> really? It's true, you are, because we've all made big boo-boo financial mistakes. Pastor and I have made big boo-boo financial mistakes. Big ones. Since we've been Christians, since we've been filled with the Spirit, since we've been pastors, made big boo-boo financial mistakes. I tell you what, God forgives you, and you know what else He does? He helps you get out. Amen. He did us. He's no respecter of persons. What He did for me, He'll do for you. Right. Amen. So he will help you get out. Praise God. Let's find out. Let's, first of all, I want us to go 2 Corinthians 3, 5. I think most Christians, a lot of Christians, let's put it that way, maybe not most, but a lot. A lot of Christians in churches like this whip themselves all the time about finances. I want you to quit whipping yourself. You are ruining your faith. When you whip yourself, you, you destroy your faith. Did you know that? You do. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. So say, I'm going to quit whipping myself. <laughs> you see, you're helping the devil when you whip yourself. He wants to whip you, and, and you're helping him. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. You know what? You can't do it. I can't do it. I can't make this thing work by myself. I can't make this prosperity thing work. I'm not sufficient in myself. But in Christ, in Christ, we are sufficient. Amen? So if you feel like, I can't do this, that's okay. 
He didn't want you to. He wanted you to let Him do it through you. Amen? Praise God. Or if you think, I, I've known people that thought, I can do this myself, bless God. I'm going to tell you, you can't. We'll help you pick up the pieces in a few months. We will. I promise. Okay, Proverbs 2, 3. Would you go there? And then we'll get into what we're going to talk about. But I had to give you these lead-in scriptures. I had a man tell me one time, he said, Bless God, I don't want God to help me. He's a Christian, spirit-filled. I don't want God to help me. I want to be able to say I did it myself. Well, I tell you what, he's never mounted to a hill of beans. Himself wasn't much. Himself just wasn't much. <laughs> it just wasn't much. I promise you. Hallelujah. He probably couldn't believe himself in out of the rain right now today. I, I, I promise. It says, Proverbs 2, 3. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. Family, just ask God how to do it. He said, lift up your voice for understanding. That means ask him. God, help me understand this prosperity thing. Help me understand this healing thing. Help me understand this faith thing. You know what he will? The Bible says Jesus is the author and the developer of your faith. He started it. He will help you finish it. He will teach you. He will teach you. Amen. So lift up your voice for understanding. Amen. Praise God. Well, now we want to talk about debt. And uh, we have teaching in the body of Christ that debt is wrong. Don't ever go into debt. And, and, uh, and it's confusing to the body of Christ. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but there's been times that I felt so guilty for having a debt, for having a, a car with a debt on it, or for having a house with a debt on it. Anybody in here ever felt guilty? Well, <clears throat> I wanna, we're going to talk tonight about debt and find out if debt is sin, if debt is wrong, and what God thinks about debt, okay? And uh, it's going to set you free. Praise God. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 6. How does God think about debt? God loves his people. I know some of you are sitting there thinking, you know what I'm going to say, but you don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. You don't. Praise God. You don't. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But you know what? We have this teaching in the body of Christ about debt. But most Christians are up to their eyeballs in it. So, let's find out what God says. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 6. It says, For the Lord thy God blesseth thee as he promised thee, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow, and thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. So here he is, he's telling us, We'll lend to many nations, but we shall not borrow. But I tell you what, if we take that verse out of context, we really can get messed up. Because if you go back up to chapter 15 and begin at verse 1, he gives them, what he starts to do is he starts giving explicit instructions on borrowing and lending. In other words, how to do it. How to borrow and lend. And then he says, but you, he says you'll uh, lend and not borrow. And what he's telling them is, is if you will follow me, if you will obey me, this is what you'll come to. You'll get to the point where you'll lend and not borrow. Amen? As, as God blesses you, if you'll listen to him, if you'll start listening to God, if you'll cry out for understanding, you'll start listening to God. That means start doing what the Word of God says, and you'll start listening to God, 
If you'll uh, stay hooked up in a place where it's easy to believe, believe God. Listen, you know, you can't listen to doubt and unbelief all the time and, and, and do this. But if you'll stay hooked up, God will bring you to the place where you don't have to borrow, that you will lend and not borrow. So he gives us detailed instructions and explicit rules for borrowing and lending. We don't have time to read that, but beginning up there in verse 1 of that chapter, you can read it later for yourself. Now listen, think about this. If God says to you, you will borrow and not lend, then borrowing couldn't be wrong. Because if it was, when you lend to somebody, you would be causing them to sin. Isn't that right? And God would never allow you to do something that would cause another man to sin. In fact, he says, woe to the man that causes somebody else to sin. Amen? So borrowing couldn't be wrong, or he wouldn't let you ever lend to anybody. And he says, you'll lend and not borrow. See, that's where he wants you to go. That's where he wants you to set your sights. But it's not wrong to borrow, okay? Turn to Romans chapter 13 and verse 8. Now that scripture we just read and then Romans 13, 8 are really the only two scriptures in the Bible that refer in any way to that borrowing is wrong. Romans 13, 8. Now there's facts about borrowing that are given to us in other scriptures of the Bible. But, you know, we could get the impression from that scripture and we could get the impression from the one we're fixing to read that borrowing could be wrong. But, but like we pointed out the facts about that one, we'll point out the facts about this one. Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now, it's, how many of you know this rule about Bible study? When we're studying the Bible, we never want to base our understanding on one verse, do we? No, we don't want to do that. That would not be... Because in 2 Corinthians 13, 1... He told us, God told us, he said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word would be established. So we need to be able to find something two or three times in the Word of God, and we need to make sure that another rule of Bible study is that we're studying things within the context of, what they're say, of where they're said. So let's look at Romans 13, 7, the verse above. He says, Render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom, to, whom, to whom honor. If we take this verse of owe no man anything, anything but to love him, in context, in context he's talking about taxes, he's talking about tithes, he's talking about honoring those who we owe a debt of honor to. He says customs there. Customs are import and export tariffs. That's what customs are. So he's talking about here our relationship with the governing authorities. He's basically telling us if we owe taxes, pay them. You would think he wouldn't need to tell us that, but we've personally known Christians that were trying to avoid taxes. Some of this stuff, like, do you all ever see those signs about the John Birch Society and things like that? Basically, what they, some of the things they stand for, you want to avoid those things, is they say things like that the government has no right to impose taxes and stuff like that. And literally, we knew people that were not having taxes withheld out of their checks because they had this notion that the government had no right to, to impose taxes on them. And so they would not pay taxes. <laughs> but I won't get started on that. 
But this verse is basically telling us that if taxes are due to pay them. I'll just tell you one little thing about it, okay? It's easier to use your faith to pay the taxes than it is to use your faith to avoid them. See, some people try to get their faith and start using it in the negative realm in the reverse instead of in the positive realm. And it's like swimming uphill. Amen? It's like, you know, sometimes when you have a, say you have, you got financial, you got a financial situation at your house. And you go and you say, wife, you, we got a cutback. We got a cut, we got a cutback. You know what? It's easier to use your faith for more money than it is to use your faith to cut back. Learn that from our pastor. Instead of using your faith to cut back, just use your faith for more money. Besides, you probably can't cut back anyway. You're addicted. <laughs> Mostly you're addicted to whatever you're spending. You're addicted to it. I mean, you just can't live without what, you, what you're living on now. So you might as well just use your faith for more money. Any of you ever tried to cut back? How, how, how many of you did it work more in a week? Oh, we're not going to eat out. We're go Anybody ever said we're going to quit eating out? How long did it work? A day. <laughs> Man, a day. Praise God. He's, a, he's truthful, isn't he? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So he's talking here about rendering who, to whom to rendering our taxes, paying our taxes. Hallelujah. This is really not a command not to borrow. Hallelujah. Let me tell you some other scriptures. In Psalm 37:21, don't turn there because I'm going to read it to you from the Living Bible or tell you what it says in the Living Bible. It says something like this. It says, "Evil men borrow and do not repay." But it says, it goes on to say, a good man repays what he owes. Amen. It says good men, you get good men, if they borrow something, they repay it. I read this in one translation, in the Jerusalem translation. It says, a wicked man borrows without meaning to repay. You ever know anybody that didn't plan to pay it back? What about those Christians that, what was that? How many reasons that Jesus was coming back in 1988? Anybody remember that? 88. Was it 88? 88 reasons? Did anybody know about that but me and Lawrence? Yeah, a few people knew about it. You still got the book? <laughs> what are you saving it for? <laughs> Maybe you can sell it in a garage sale. Well, it's just a reminder. It's historical. Oh, okay. He's got the book. He's got proof that I'm telling you all the truth. Did you know that some of those Christians went out and charged on their credit cards? Way up. Charged them up high. Because Jesus was coming back and they weren't going to have to repay. I don't think they could have made it in the rapture because the Bible says a wicked man borrows with no intent to repay. If you're that wicked, you won't make the rapture. Amen? Praise God. So don't do that. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 13, 8, the one we just read, in the Weymouth translation says, Leave no debt unpaid except the standing debt of mutual love. It's saying pay your debts is what it's saying. Yeah. Pay your debts. The Wands translation says, owe no debt to anyone except that of love. This should be every Christian's goal. That's what the translation says. To, the, that it should be your goal not to owe anybody anything. Amen. Amen. How many of you, that, that is that's your goal? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. The rest of you are just... Uh, you wouldn't raise your hand no matter what I said, right? 
Because I, I believe that this, that's every person's goal in here. Amen. But you just, you know, you're thinking or whatever. Okay. Turn to uh, Exodus, excuse me, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. Is this setting you all free? Hallelujah. It's not a sin to borrow. It should be your goal not to have to. Hallelujah. If, you, is that, if that's your goal, you're in the Scriptures, you're in the Word. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. Now, you know what? You need to do something about your goal also. Right? It's not, we're not talking about uh, a wishful thinking here. I wish this would happen to me someday. No, we're talking about setting it as a goal and taking faith steps towards it, all right? Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. We need to apply this to borrowing. And Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2 says, To everything, say everything. everything. Wouldn't everything have to include borrowing? If it, does everything everything? Is it? Okay. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. To everything there is a season. You may be in a season when you don't have really any choice but to borrow. You say, well, I, I, I'm not going to borrow for a house. I'm going to just leave with mama, live with my mom. My, my wife and I, we're going to live with our mom and dad. Oh, really? You're going to break that scripture. The Bible says the man's to leave. So you're going to break one scripture trying to fulfill another one, aren't you? And besides all that, you're going to have a big mess of trouble. <laughs> After you're married, living with mama ain't fun. It's a, there's, a lo, there's an unwritten law, one woman per household. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't want to live with either one of his, his parents. I don't, want his, I don't want to live with his parents. What, either one of his parents. He just has one. I'm the one with two. I don't want to live with, either, with his parents or my parents. If I had to choose, I'd live with his, though. <laughs> just because they don't speak their mind as much. <laughs> they keep it to their <laughs> mind. Say what they think. Okay. Exodus 23:30. Of course, I do too. So <laughs> I come by. It, it's it, it's. I gotta break it. It's passed through the generations. Exodus 23:30. <laughs> he's talking here in Exodus 23 about how he's gonna prosper them and um, how they're gonna go into Canaan land. You know, Canaan land was a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of prosperity. And how it was going to happen for him. In verse 30, it says, by little and little. Or you could say it in our way, we'd say it is little by little. King James says by little and little, but it's little by little. Little by little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. He said little by little. A lot of Christians are looking for that suddenly, but mostly what God does. Now, the suddenly scriptural too. We'll read that at the end. But mostly what God does is little by little we increase. We stay hooked up. See, most Christians just abandon ship. They give up too fast. They start and stop and start and stop and start and stop and start and stop and backslide and come to church while and come to church while. And dear Lord, really? 
And then they say, oh, God, it don't work. Why is God not blessing me? If you'd ever get consistent, you know. Hallelujah, you're consistent. Praise God. So let's talk about some bewares, okay? Y'all wanna get, I'm going to give you some beware ofs, okay? I told you it's going to be practical. Beware when borrowing. Beware of making only minimum payments. You know how you can owe $25,000 and they'll say the minimum payment is $100 a month. Beware of that. That is very deceptive. Amen. How many of you know that? Beware of that. Okay. Beware of extended warranties. And, thing, and things like that. Beware of it. Be wise. A lot of those things are just ways to get more money out of you. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. You be led by the Spirit, and it depends on, you know, because you need to be led by the Spirit. But if you're really led by the Spirit, you're not going to buy any lemons. And if you're really led by the Spirit, you know, and you be led, but... The Bible says, devour is rebuked for my sake because I'm a tither. Hallelujah. So let's think about that. Beware of taking the longest time possible to pay. You know when you go in for a loan and they say, you can finance this for 20 years or you can finance this for 30 years. Beware of taking the longest time. If po take the shortest time you can possibly take, okay? Beware of multiple debts. Beware of owing everybody. Beware of that, okay? Beware of borrowing to purchase everything. Because, see, it's easy to lose control, isn't it? Amen. Let me tell you something else to beware of. Beware of, of charging things that are not there when it's time to pay. Uh, an example of that is food. You charge it at the first of the month, and when it's time to pay the bill, guess what? It's gone, especially if Kevin lives there. It's gone. It's like gone. That's really not a good thing to borrow for or charge, is it? Amen. Praise God. Y'all still with me? Proverbs 22.7. Let's go there. So y'all are with me. That was just some little beware ofs. See, this is what we're supposed to be teaching in churches. This stuff is spiritual. Listen, people are in bondage. People are in, they are in snares of the devil. They are tormented night and day about these things. Amen. This is what we're supposed to be teaching people in church. Right. Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, 7. If someone had taught you earlier, you wouldn't have gone through the things you and I have gone through. It says, the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now that doesn't mean that borrowing is wrong. It does mean it's not God's best. It does mean that you've got to understand that if you borrow, you've got to answer to them. Amen. They're the boss. That's what it means. Is that, do y'all catch on? Amen. That's, that's what it means, okay? Just as long as you understand that. And, and you need to know what you're doing. Does God say never borrow? The answer is no. But he does warn us against the lifestyle where we are burdened with financial obligations. Amen. Now let's talk about credit cards. Now I told you was gonna. I knew that you know that's that's one thing. But credit cards that could be sensitive. See, in church history, the church is always against everything. Everything new, the church is always against it. They say this. I read this. It said, uh, 
when automobiles came out, when they invented the automobile, the church said, it is an instrument of the devil sent to scare horses. <laughs> now, is that true? That's not true. That's not true. Has the, has the automobile done anything to make the gospel easier to preach? Before the automobile family, they were circuit riding preachers, riding horses between churches. Hallelujah. God wants to get the gospel throughout the whole earth. Could he have done it had he not invented the automobile? Could he have? Could he have? No. It wouldn't have been possible to do all he's done. That all that's been done for the gospel with as many billion people as there are on the earth. He couldn't have done it if we were all still riding horses. Amen. Y'all, how many of you know God invented the automobile? Amen. Only two people. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I hope that God's not, you know, no, it couldn't be that way. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. When, when the radio was invented, the, the church used this scripture, Ephesians 2, 2, that the radio was the prince and the power of the air. The devil himself. It was the devil. How many of you know the radio? Has the radio ever gotten people saved? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> How many of you know the radio goes where humans can't go? Right. Well, I mean, humans can, but it's harder for humans to go. Okay. And movies. The church said about movies that they were the mark of the beast. I read this. Now, I don't understand the correlation there that why a movie is the mark of the beast, but that's what they said the church said about it. They said when television was invented that preachers called it television. <laughs> and if they thought it was bad then, they should see it now, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? Because the church preaches against everything that's new that God invented. God invented television. Amen. Amen. And because the church preaches against everything that's new, what happens is Christians back off and let Satan take over. Amen. And he took it over. And now it's hard to get it back, isn't it? Amen. Now they want to charge millions of dollars for airtime for churches to be on the air. And if the church would have stepped in and took control of all these things from the start... How many of you know that would have been a good thing and that's what God intended for us to do? Um, credit cards, when they first came out, Christians said, and I remember this, that they were the mark of the beast. Have you ever heard that? Or I remember also it was like they were Big Brother. You remember Big Brother in, in, the, in what's his name, 1984, the novel you had to, huh? Orwell. Orwell, you had to read that school. Anybody ever had? Do they still make you read that? Or is that out? They still make you read it? Okay. Did anybody in here read it? Two people. <laughs> How many of you went and got Cliff's notes? No, I'm <laughs> Deanna's on as she made it. <laughs> well, anyway, that novel was that, that Big Brother is watching you, that eventually government would get so big that they would watch everything you do. You know, like when you were a little kid and you thought those people on TV could see you. And so you went behind the chair to put your pajamas on. Didn't you? Huh? I know. I know you did. I did. Hallelujah. Y'all are just funny tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I will not laugh. I will not laugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> praise God. Um, so I remember when they said this about credit cards. 
And a lot of the church still, and, and, and used to, all offerings were mostly cash, no checks. Remember when checks first came out? You know what checks are? Now che- most offerings are mostly checks. But used to, church, we, we use real money. You know, and they're all cash, the offerings. But you know, how many of you know checks are a convenience and good thing? How many of you know, did you know that credit cards really help to preach the gospel? Because when you go to a foreign country, you can't take it and you're going to stay an extended time. You can't carry enough cash. And a credit card really helps. It it's really helps evangelists. And so, but you know, how many of you know writing hot checks hurts the church, hurts the gospel? Do y'all believe that? Well, when, if you misuse your credit card, it hurts the gospel. Credit cards are a convenience. And what they're designed for you to do is use them like electronic check and pay off the balance at the end of every month. Amen? They are not for quick loans. They're not, they're not wise for quick loans because how many of you know the interest rate's rather steep? Amen? Another thing they're not for, and I, w- I have been guilty of this so I can preach this, they're not a way to postpone using faith. I felt this way sometimes when my, maybe my kids needed something or something. It's like, oh God, I don't want to have to believe for that right now. I'm just going to go get it. I'm going to believe later to pay. Now all of you, there's people that are admitting that in this room. That's not what they're for is to postpone your faith. Listen, faith's not a hard thing. It's a joy to be in faith. Hallelujah. Just get in faith in every area. Hallelujah. Uh, turn to Luke chapter 14. And let's, let's, let's apply this verse to credit cards and using credit cards. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. It says, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it? That's what we ought to do, isn't it? when it comes to using a credit card. We ought to count the cost. Amen? How many of you realize, I mean, sometimes we don't realize this. Like when I was a little girl, my mama, she would say, I don't, I, she, and now, you know, I'm not saying she had a faith confession because she didn't know anything about faith, but she'd say, uh, well, um, I'd say I wanted something, and she'd say, well, I don't have any money. And I'd say, well, just write a check. You know, just write a check. You know, I didn't catch. You know, I didn't catch on. Well, a lot of Christians are like that. They don't catch. And they don't realize that when you buy a dress on credit card, that the dress costs more than $100. Depending on how long you take to pay for it, how much that dress could cost. It could, cost, it could end up really costing a lot, couldn't it? And the Bible says, count the cost. Sometimes, family, we just, we just, the devil deceives us, and it would be so much easier to believe God for a new dress because God wants you to have it. And just say, you know, Father, I'm asking you for a new dress. I need a new dress. And, you know, just believe Him for it. It would be so much easier to get that from Him or, or even to say, Father, I need $100. It would be so much easier. He wants you to have it. The Bible says He withholds no good thing from them that walk uprightly. Amen. And it would be so much easier to get that from him. $100 is easier to believe for than 200 If that's what interest, you know, if you leave it there a while and it compounds and does all the stuff that interest does. Amen. You know, but you know sometimes we're deceived about those things. We really are. Because we, we just don't sit down and we just don't count the cost. And I know I've done it and I know you've done it. So we need to apply this to our purchases. 
Before you buy, well, you need to go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. You say, well, Debbie, you are making shopping no fun anymore. Well, I know I did it to myself too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God never intended for you to use shopping to satisfy anything. Amen. He really didn't. Now, it's fun, I admit it. I like to do it. But listen, if it's your only form of entertainment, it's going to get you in trouble. Amen. I'm saying if it's your only form of entertainment, you've got to find something else to entertain you part of the time. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. The, men, the women all understood what I was talking about. The men didn't have a clue, but anyway. It says, Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. You know, before we go to do anything, we need to ponder it. You know, really what that scripture's saying is we not, we're not supposed to do things impulsively. Buying on credit card or any other thing, just one day, just decide to do something. A lot of times we do things impulsively. The stores are set up to cause you to do things impulsively. They even, I don't know if you know it, but they play music. They do all sorts of things to try to get you to impulse buy. They really do. I know uh, you've probably experienced this too. When we've looked at cars before, we've had salesmen say things like this to us. Say, Mr. Billings, now is there anything I could do to get you to trade today? And we always just tell them, no, there's nothing you could do to get, you, to get us to trade today. Why? Because we're pondering. We're pondering our path. And, and, and you know, you may have a leading from God to buy a car. God will put it in your heart to buy a car, even to pay one out purchase it, fan, what do you call it, finance it. He will lead you to do that, but ponder your path. Don't make a snap decision. Don't, get in, don't go in there and get the smell. You know, oh, I tell you what, that smell of new cars, how many of y'all like that? I like that smell. I tell you, do they do that on purpose? No, no, it's just new because it's new in them. Um, but don't, don't be led by emotions. Ponder that. Beware of things. Pastor and I learned this a long time ago. Beware of it when they tell you it's only going to be on sale today. Generally, it's not true. Generally, even if it was intended that back, they really want to sell things. How many of you know that? And generally, you can come back to them even in three or four days and say, you priced this to me at that. I still want to get it at that price. They'll do it. They'll scream and howl sometimes. Oh, they always cry when Pastor comes around. You know, I told you all about his turban, you know, that he puts on. Oh, I mean, oh man, this guy, he is just, I've never dealt with anybody like him. He just, he just put us to the ringer. Put them to the ringer. Put them through the ringer. Make them jump through hoops. Remember, they want to sell more than you want to buy. But you need to ponder your path. And it'll be there. And Pastor and I have this kind of philosophy. If it's not, it wasn't the one. If it's not there, it wasn't the one. It's not going to be the last one on earth. Amen? It's not going to be the last deal, good deal on earth. Think about it. You think you want that dress? Well, think about it and go back tomorrow. A lot of times when the emotion's gone, you don't want it as much as you thought you did. Amen. There's an emotion in this. Amen? And he says then, in the rest of that verse, he said, Let your way be established. You know, if you think God's leading you to something, well, then wait a while. You know, make sure. 
Now, you know, I, I, I hesitated to preach this tonight because we have one, we could accept half of you on this side of the church and y'all are, and they're the half on this side, and I don't know if that we got it, but the half on this side, well, you know, they just don't ever get around to nothing and pastor's over here saying, take a faith step, take a faith step, come on, move, do something. And then there's the other half that's impulsive. Yes, we'll take it, I'll, you know. So pastor the other night was preaching to the procrastinators that won't take a faith step. They ponder too long. But I'm talking to the ones that get in there and that smell of that new car. And then the thought of getting back in your old one and you just make rash. You make too quick a decision. Amen. Ponder your path. Let your way be established. Amen. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me still? Listen, it's okay to use credit cards. Yes. Is it okay to misuse them? No. Listen, listen to this. If you can't use a credit card without misusing it, then get rid of it. Amen. The Bible says if your hand is causing you to sin, what does it say to do to your hand? It's not talking about your little, literal hand. Amen. If you can't use it without misusing it, get rid of it for a season until you get control. You'll get control. You'll get control. You'll get control. Amen. Praise God. Now let's talk about mortgages. Y'all want to? In Romans 4.12, it says, and pastor's been preaching on this, it says we are to take faith steps just like our father Abraham. We won't read that scripture, but you can write it down and read it later. I'm going to ask you something that I bet you don't know the answer to. Why are there mortgages? Don't answer, just think about it. Why are there mortgages on houses? We're talking about... You, why do you have to finance your house? I'm going to surprise you with the answer. The reason you have to finance your house is because that's what your father did. There's hardly anybody in here whose mother and daddy didn't have a mortgage. And in Genesis 1.24, it says, like begats like. Amen? Now, we're not putting the blame. How many of you know... If you're blaming your parents for something, get a life, get over it, forget it. Well, I'm this way because my daddy did something. You can either, I like what Joyce Meyer says, you can either, either be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. So which are you going to be? You're going to be pitiful or you're going to be powerful. Amen? Well, I tell you, that woman, she can say it sometimes, can't she? I just love to say what she says, you know. <laughs> this is good. Um, but I will tell you this, that if our fathers, going all the way back to Adam, if they had done what God had said, we'd all be very prosperous right now. We're supposed to be passing prosperity down through the generations. Amen. Did you know that your father and mother, when you got married, was supposed to give you a house paid for now, I didn't give mine one, so let's don't, we're not going to throw any rocks here, okay? Because I didn't even know it until recent years. Did you know that is what is supposed to be happening? Proverbs, turn to Proverbs 19, verse 14. They're supposed to give you a house. You have a mortgage, basically, because they didn't. <laughs> there's, probably hard, there's probably nobody in here that their father and mother gave them a house. Maybe a few. Proverbs 19, verse 14. House and riches are the inheritance of fathers. Wow. 
and a prudent wife is from the Lord. When God gives you the prudent wife, Daddy's supposed to give you the house and the inheritance. Hallelujah. We could do away with debt, couldn't we? We could do away. I mean, you wouldn't even have had to have debt. If you had a paid-for house, you could have paid cash for, for everything from the start. Hello. 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 I tell you what. Let's don't condemn our fathers. Let's just get there ourselves. Right. Amen? They just, you know, they didn't know. They hadn't been taught. Let's get there. Amen? You say, well, I don't know if I believe this. Turn to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 14. Because, you know, we said mouth of two or three witnesses, didn't we? 2 Corinthians 12, 14. This is... Of course, there's a long scripture, and it says, Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. See, we got it so backward in our society. Most of the time, the children have to take care of the elderly parents financially. That's not how it's supposed to be. The parents are supposed to be laying up for the children. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we get it backwards sometimes, don't we? Okay, uh, man's way. But listen to this: you got to get rid of you got to get rid of man's way of thinking. Man's way says about our grown kids: they need to stand on their own two feet. Ever heard that? That's man's way. That's not God's way. Man's way says don't do too much for them; it'll ruin them. You've heard it, okay? But I want to tell you something, Perpet prosperity is supposed to be perpetual with godliness. Now that doesn't mean if, we're in, if they're in sin that we're supposed to, you know, we've got to use some judgment there. But we're talking about passing down a heritage of godliness, passing down a heritage of prosperity, passing this stuff down from the generation to the generation. Hallelujah. Y'all like that? Paid for houses are our goal. You got a goal for a paid-for house? Amen. Let me give you some tips on this. You know, did you ever see that? Well, I'm not going to go into that. Number one, don't get there by sacrifice, but by faith. <clears throat> oh, we're going to sacrifice, and we're going to get this house paid for. Don't get there by sacrifice. Get there by faith. You're not going to like the life of sacrifice. I can tell you. Have you ever heard this saying? I read this in the paper this week. I had forgot this. But I was reading about this lady. She wrote in about her mother, and she said her mother darned socks until she was older. Somebody of y'all may have read this. She would always darn socks. Does anybody know what darning socks is? <laughs> we can. <laughs> That's when your sock gets a hole in it and you mend it. Okay, you darn the socks. You knew that, didn't you, Miss Juanita? You didn't know. You never darned socks? Does anybody ever darned socks in here? Yeah. Kathleen has. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, she said her mother had this policy. In her whole life, she lived this policy. Make do or do without. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Make do or do without. So her mother, there's little things that you can actually buy called, I don't know what they're called, but you put them in the sock and you then you can darn, you know, it makes the sock round or something so you can darn on it. Like an egg, yeah. <laughs> but she wouldn't buy one, she used a light bulb. Amen. 
So there's not anything wrong with that. I'm not coming against her light bulb or anything. But the, the, that, that thing that gets in us, get it out if you've got make do or do without in you. Don't get there by sacrifice. Get there by faith. Amen. That's God's way. Amen. If you get there by sacrifice, you're going to raise a house full of bitter kids. Because, you know, they never had what everybody else had. Now, I'm not saying that they have to have everything everybody else has. But listen, you need to make sure that they don't stand out as some sort of nerd. <laughs> don't you think so? I know so. You did? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Don't have that as your philosophy. Get in faith. Okay, paid for houses. Number two, mortgage payments are wiser than rent payments unless you are temporary. Everybody understand why? You can deduct interest from your income tax, being wise stewards here. Amen. You, you, most of the time, houses uh, increase in value, not decrease, especially if you make a wise decision. That's another reason. Uh, 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 you get some equity in your home. I mean, it takes a while, but you do get it. Sometimes, some, eventually, you get some. Number three, pay extra on your house payment after high interest loans are paid back. See, some people think, I want to come and get this house paid for, and so they start paying extra on their house payment, and they got credit cards over here of 18%. You know, get that in order first. Number four, never quit giving when trying to get out of debt. Never quit giving when trying to get out of debt. Listen, remember when we said you can't do it by yourself? It's going to take God at the first of this meeting tonight. Credit repair. I want to talk to you about credit repair just for a second. See, we're going to hit it all. 70%, and I'm sure it's the same in this room, 70% of all Americans have bad credit. Bad credit. 70% of all Americans. Probably same in this room, maybe higher. You know, in the percentages now where it comes to a divorce, it's higher in the church than it is in the world. That's 70% of the, all Americans have bad credit. You can get your credit repaired. You need to repair your credit for your testimony's sake. Now, I'm getting practical with you, but this is Christian living, y'all. Christian living 101. Get your credit repaired for your testimony's sake. You say, well, I don't know how. We'll find out. Well, I'll tell you some little clues tonight, and then you can ask your pastor or me for further things. But there are basically three credit reporting agencies. We know this from our own experience. Three in the whole United States. And every company reports everything to these three credit agencies, credit reporting agencies. And when you go to buy anything, they say, can I run a credit report on you? And you sign, and they run up a credit report. And sometimes they pick one of these agencies, sometimes they pick two, and different companies sometimes use all three. And so what you need to do is you need to check your credit yourself. You can ask. You can ask for them to send you. You can find out the names of the companies. You can ask in writing for a copy of your credit report. And I think you have to send them $10, and they send you a copy of your credit report. Some of you might be surprised of what's on your credit report because there may be bad things on there that you go, I didn't know we did that. There may be some things on there that aren't even you. Amen. There may be some things on there that are uh, that you did it and you deserve it. <laughs> 
There may be some things on there that you didn't really do anything wrong, you know. We got something on ours one time where we were waiting on an insurance payment or something and over just a little small medical bill and they get on there and, you know, put some a blotch on your credit report. And uh, you can get those things off. You can get them off. Now, this is going to take some work. This is going to take some diligence. But you need, you're, that's what you're supposed to be is diligent, okay? So you need to check. Even if you think yours is good, you need to check it. And you need to check it, you know, probably every few years because things can get put on your credit that you didn't even know and that aren't even yours and all sorts of things. And uh, Pastor and I, we cleaned up our credit report. He was very diligent. He's a very diligent pastor. Y'all have a diligent pastor. And he cleaned ours totally up. He did it all by himself. Because <laughs> you can contest anything that's on your credit report in writing and uh, they will a lot of times remove it. <clears throat> And uh, we made, I told you before, we'd made mistakes. We've made financial mistakes. One of the, I'll just be honest with you, one of the financial mistakes we made one time was that we let a person that we trusted, who was the county attorney, you'd think you'd be able to trust a county attorney, and plus he was a spiritual Christian, we let him assume a loan on a house we owned. Right away we realized it was a very foolish decision, and it was. And we started praying, believing God with all our heart to get us out of it. But he did let the house go back. And when you let somebody in assume a loan, it goes on your credit report, not theirs, when they go back on it. And so we had this blot on our credit report. So we started believing God to get it off. And pastor started working on it. One thing we did do smart is when he let the house go back, we made him write a letter saying it was all his fault. We had this letter on his county attorney letterhead. And so every time we went to apply for a loan, that would come up on the credit report. And we would just show him the letter. And, it, and, and, and they would always just say, okay, that's fine, we'll, we'll overlook this. And, you know, they showed the letter. But we wanted it off because it's a testimony. Amen? So Pastor started contesting it, and he got it off. And then it was, on, it was off of his, and it was on mine. And, boy, that made me mad because that's women's discrimination. You know, so we protested it in light of that. We wrote them and said, this is women's discrimination. And they were bowing and scraping and begging because I guess they were afraid of a lawsuit, you know, or something. Anyway, they were just like, oh, man, please forgive us, Mrs. Billings. We will take it right off. You know, we deserve to have it on there. But listen, I'm not believing for what I deserve. I put all my sins under the blood of Jesus. Amen? So you can contest it, but I can tell you something else. Now, say you've got some stuff on there and you deserve it. You were, you've got bad stuff and you deserve it. Anything less than a 700 Beacon score... 700 is considered really good. Most people have 500s in the 500s. Okay? And they give you a score. I'm helping you. This is, may not sound spiritual. This is. Okay. So you, there's companies. Some of them are reputable. Some are not. You've got to be led by the Spirit here and, and ask your pastor and stuff. But there are companies that will go in and even things you deserve to have, you'd think you can't get them off. You can't. Because they made all these laws that, that credit reporting agencies have to follow in order to put something on your credit report. They're supposed to prove who you are. They're supposed to do all sorts of things. They don't ever do it because most Christians, most people, not Christians, people in general, are suckers and never contest it. So they do anything they want to until somebody contests it. They, in order to put something on your credit report, it has, it's supposed to pass 320 laws. It has to meet the requirements of 320 different laws, and they violate all those laws every day. So what you do, what this, these companies do, and you have to pay them a fee, say 
three to four hundred dollars, I don't know what it is. They go in and everything bad on your credit report, they contest every line. And they put the reason why. You, the, okay, and say you had a bankruptcy, you deserved it, you did do it, but this company will say, well, yeah, they had a bankruptcy, but you put this on here wrong, and that's a violation of this so-and-so law. And you know what? They have one month to pay a fine because they violated the law or take it off. They have to do it. You can clean your credit up. There's a 10-year window right now. There is a 10-year window right now to get this done. They're going to change these laws. Right now, I'm going to what I'm telling you is a loophole. Listen. Get your credit cleaned up. There's no reason for you to have bad credit, even if you did it and you deserve it. Find out what your beacon scores are. Find out. Find out what's on there. There was stuff on our credit that was Collins. There was stuff on Collins' credit that was ours. Because, you know, we got Michael C. and Michael R. and all that. There's all sorts of things that can be on there. Do it for your testimony. Amen? Clean it up. Praise God. Uh, I want to talk, just we're going to end right now. But I want to tell you just for a second about supernatural debt cancellation. You need to believe for it. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Well, let's read this. Let's go to 2 Kings 4. You need to believe not only to get your credit cleaned up, but you need to believe for supernatural debt cancellation. Why? Because it's in the Bible. You can believe for anything that's in the Bible, can't you? says in 2 Kings 4 verse 1 now there was a, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying thy servant my husband is dead and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord and the creditor there she is he's in debt the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen and Elisha said unto her what shall I do for thee tell me what hast thou in the house and she said thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil then he said go borrow them the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors even empty vessels borrow not a few and when thou art come in thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full so she went from him and shut the door upon her upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed and then she came and told the man of God and he said go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest God cancels debts, y'all. He supernaturally cancels debts. Don't ask why. Don't I mean, and don't ask why. Don't ask how. Just ask Him to do it. Believe God for your debts to be canceled. Believe God for them to be canceled like that. And one fell swoop, man, all of a sudden it's gone. We know people who have owned, owed debt seventeen thousand dollars. One lady in Birmingham owed a, a school loan debt, and just they just called. She, I, she just. Sent in a payment, and they said, ma'am, it's gone. It's, we don't, you don't know anything. She never did find out really why or how, but it was just gone. God cancels debts. Amen? Believe for it. Also, though, I want to tell you this little part. Believe for super... You know, it's just as supernatural to say, say you've got $2,000 visa debt. Just believe God for extra this month to pay on it. Maybe you've got a minimum payment on it. Believe God for some extra. Amen? That's just as supernatural. 
to believe God every month for some extra. See, if you have a lack mentality, and I tell you, I think this is one reason uh, men are, I, I, I'm, I'm really for, there's a thing in man that are, is just able to believe like this. Women are afraid of lack. We are. I don't know why. We're afraid for our kids to lack. And we'll get the visa bill out, and it'll say minimum payment $100, and we'll look at the checkbook, and the man will say, I'm going to pay 150 on that this month if he's doing it. And I mean, I'm just going to pray. But the woman will say, I don't know. My kids might need something at the end of the month. I don't know. We might run out. I better not. I'll just pay the minimum. I found myself doing that all the time. I gave, my, I gave, I, I gave it up. <laughs> you know what? It's real easy for me to be in faith when he does the checkbook. It's real easy for him to be in faith even when he does the checkbook. Amen? Well, now, you know, some of you, I realize, maybe have husbands that just say, I won't, I can't. Well, if he won't, he can't, you do it. Don't just leave it there and let him come get you. But here, you got, you got a goal. you got something to believe for. Amen? And you men that are sitting in here, you don't, don't, you don't have to be afraid of the checkbook. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. See if I had anything else. The Holy Ghost said for me to tell you this. Step out of the way. Quit trying to get it by works and start asking for it. Step out of the way. Quit trying to get it by works and start asking him for it. Your homework, you can read 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. How the, how the widow there sowed a seed into the man of God, into the church, you could say. We could say it the same way. She sowed a seed to get out. Hallelujah. Get out of debt. We, we sow seeds. Sow your way out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, God said, I believe him, don't you? There's going to be yokes broken tonight. Hallelujah. Y'all stand up with me. We're going home. But we're